Hey there guys, I'm Advarva. Welcome, welcome back to another new episode. So we were continuing with the chapter one of the study, a study in Tulet. So let's get going. Okay, then come if you want, but inform your parents first. They are both real doctors, I suppose. I wanted to ask how he knew, but there was no time, so I messaged my parents. In the bus, I talked about my family. My mom is a dentist and my dad is a, is a general practitioner. They had decided to set up their own clinics in Dadar, so we had moved there about a year ago. I am surprised that I have not seen you even once in all this time, I remarked. Where is your house, by the way? I don't have a home. My parents shared when I was little. Santosh Kaka, my uncle, bought me up. He has a sh- shanti in Dharavi. He said, referring to the huge slum in the heart of the city. But is it not big enough for even his own family? So I hardly go there nowadays. Kaka works as a night watchman in the building next to the chai stall. I usually sleep on a bench in the security cabin. Shilok rattled off his story so unemotionally that I was shocked and I didn't know how to react. He suddenly laughed out loud, his white teeth like sugar cubes against his chai-colored skin. Don't worry, we earn enough for the basic needs of life. We soon reach Juhu, the suburbs as famous for its beach as it is for the celebrity homes near it. The bungalow was a two-storied white structure with a sloping roof, arched windows and a strip of lawn in the front. A cool, salty breeze and the sound of the waves indicated that we were very close to the beach. The plot on the right of the bungalow was empty and overgrown with wild vegetation. Opposite, it was a children's play school. Even if Mr. Piramal had been here, he would have gone unnoticed. The school would have been closed in the afternoon, I commented. Ekdam right, Rohan. You are correct. We jumped over the compound wall. That is, Shilok easily jumped over, being taller, and pulled me up. There was nobody around. We reached the front door, which was locked. However, how are we going to enter? I whispered excitedly. Even if we enter, it will be like searching for a chana on Chopati beach. You mean a shell on a beach? No, I mean chana. You know, the roasted chickpeas. They sell in those paper cones on the beach. They are more difficult to find if you drop one, he explained impatiently. Anyway, the police have already searched inside. We will look for clues where they would not have taken 
the trouble to look. Follow me. He took out a steel tea strainer, but in place of mesh was a piece of convex glass appearing extracted from an old camera. He got to work with this improvised magnifying glass. He checked the cobbled driveway and the parched lawn, then went round the house. There was a small garden there with potted plants and rose bushes. The back door was also locked. Shiloh was down on all fours, looking through his glass. He crawled down to the gate, which led directly to the beach. When he got up, there was a strange glint in his eyes. Look here, there are fresh tire marks in the mud. They have to be from one or two days ago, but accordingly to Inspector Lokande, no one has been here for ten days. I peeled down. The ground was still moist. It must have got sprayed by the high tide. Visible on it was a thin track like one made by a bicycle. Hmm. There are marks of two wheels in the track, one smaller and another one a bit wider. I wonder if it could be a wheelchair. Shilok muttered to himself, rubbing his forehead slowly. How can you be sure? I see all kinds of traffic in front of my chai stall, not just on the road but on the footpath, babies in prams, kids on cycles and people in wheelchairs. We went out to the gate on the beach. The water had receded but there were no more tracks in the sand. It was a particularly secluded part of the beach, far from the tourists and the fast food joints. We turned left and walked past a few old houses. We then turned around and walked past the bungalow and, and the empty plot and saw a path leading to a road. Our work here is done, Shrilok declared and said no more and said no more. He dropped me home on the way back. The next day at school, I found my lost pen. It had rolled under the cupboard. Eager to share the news and find out if Shilok had any ideas about the case, I went directly to a street store after school, but no one was around. Uh, no one except a 30-something-year-old man walking towards the stall. He was well-dressed and looked smart, with a clipped beard and rimless glasses. As he neared, he smiled at me. I turned round, thinking it was for something else. What, Rohan Gidu? I didn't you recognize me, my my friend? Asked a familiar voice. I had gone to visit Mr. Gupta, the owner of Ace Interior Design Company. I had to go in get up, otherwise they would not give me any information. You, your disguise is really good. You have, you had me fooled. I laughed. It's all thanks to Manohar Dada. He is makeup artist in Bollywood. Because he is like everyone's big brother, he is affectionately called Makeup Dada. He usually makes 50-something heroes looking like college boys. He says making a young person look older is more challenging.
That is so cool, I cried. But you were telling me about Mr. Gupta, what he is like. Did you find anything interesting? Mr. Gupta is a sharp young businessman. He started the company a few years ago. He was running at a loss for the last two years. Mr. Piramal, his business business partner, was coming here to take over the company. In fact, there was gossip that he would dismiss Mr. Gupta and his senior team and bring in his own people. He paused and adjusted his glasses. Piramal, not turning up for the meeting has been lucky for them. OMG, Mr. Gupta has perfect motive to kidnap Piramal. Yes, but there is one problem on the day of Mr. Piramal's kidnapping. Gupta was at his office in Malad uh, in an all-day meeting with 10 people from his senior team. I was not going to give up that easily. Couldn't they all have been in on the crime? After all, the entire team would have lost their jobs. If you drink hot tea too quickly, your tongue can get burnt, he said, frowning. There is no need to rush. We still have to collect more facts. I am going to visit the real estate agency now. I want to come too, but what about my disguise? If you really want to come, you can come as my son, he winked. The real estate office was in Andheri, a suburb close to Juhu. My father approached the receptionist, a severe-looking lady with thick glasses. He explained that we had a flat in Juhu that we wanted to put up for rent. The lady eyed us doubtfully, but Sri Lok smiled shyly and said that everyone thought we were brothers. Well, in fact, we were father and son. The lady smiled and said she too was about to make the same mistake. She asked us to wait in the lobby. An agent came out and lectured us on the agency's policies and procedures. I was beginning to get bored. Finally, Sherlock asked, How can I be sure no one misuses my property? The agent assured us that they keep only one set of keys of the house on their portfolio. Every time an agent took a key, the details were entered into the system. Sherlock acted like he didn't believe the procedure would be followed. The agent must have been used to such finicky customers. For he agreed to show us the file. He led us into the office through a long white corridor with cubicles and other corridors branching out on the both sides. He left us near the desk of a young lady after passing on a request to her. I'll create confusion. You look for the Juhu address, Shilok whispered. The lady opened a file on her computer to show us records. Shilok went closer to the screen and knocked down a stack of paper from the table. The sheets flew and scattered all around us. The annoyed girl ran up to pick them. He pretended to help her. Quickly, uh, I quickly did a search for the Juhu bungalow. Two agents were assigned to it. I noted their names and the last name and the last time they had taken the key. Akshay Jain on 24th December and Kishore Varma on 21st December. We thanked the lady and moved away quickly, but midway through the corridor I saw a cubicle on our right uh, with Akshay Jain's name on it. 
We popped in to meet him. Jane smiled uncertainly when he saw us. He was a lanky young man with a pale, pale face, black hair and brown eyes. You are Akshay, aren't you? My friend referred me to you. He said, you will help us get a good house, said Shrilok confidently. Oh, sure. What's his name? Mr. Avtar? Mr. Avtar Piramal? The surprise in Jane's voice was unmistakable. No, Avtar Singh. But why uh, did you say Piramal? Is he your customer? No, no. He's been in the news. Uh, went missing a few days ago. Somehow, his name escaped my lips, said Jane. His ears turned red, but I don't remember Arthur Singh. Oh, doesn't matter. You must be meeting a lot of clients, said Sherlock, and smoothly changed the topic. He chatted a bit about the difficulty in finding a decent house in the right sort of neighborhood in Mumbai, then bid him goodbye. We left the cubicle asking him to call us. Again, we made our way down the corridor. Suddenly, a man in one of the cubicles stood up. But before he could say anything, Shilok asked him where the well-known agent Kishore Verma could be found. He pointed to a narrow corridor on the left. Kishore Verma's cubicle was at the end of the row. Verma was deep in his work and almost jumped when Shilok spoke to him. Mr. Kishore, we were asked to meet you by Mr. Arthur. Varma started blankly. Though I could see his jaws clenching, he too was young. He was broad-shouldered with a square face and dark eyes and hair. Mr. Arthur Singh, you may not remember him, he said. You showed him a few good houses. No, I don't remember, said Kishore Verma, his, fe his features relaxing. But never mind, I will help you find a good house. What are your requirements? So, okay, guys, uh, let's wind up for today's podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye.